Chapter Twelve, Part One of A Common Story by Ivan Goncharov, translated by Constance Garnett, eighteen sixty one to nineteen forty six. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Twelve, Part One. It was a lovely morning. The lake the reader knows already in the village of Grahe was just stirred by a faint ripple the eyes involuntarily winked in the dazzling brilliance of the sunshine which flashed in sparkles of diamond and emerald on the water weeping birch trees bathed their branches in the lake and in parts of its banks were growing rushes among which were nestling great yellow flowers reposing on broad floating leaves light clouds sometimes passed before the sun suddenly it seemed to have turned its back on grahe then the lake and the forest and the village all were instantly in shadow there was a patch of sunshine only in the distance the cloud passed the lake was sparkling again and the cornfield seemed covered with gold anna pavlovna had been sitting since five o'clock in the balcony what had brought her out the sunrise the fresh breeze or the lark's song no she never took her eyes off the road which passed through the forest agrafena came up to ask for the keys anna pavlovna did not glance at her and not taking her eyes from the road gave her the keys without even asking her what for the cook appeared without a glance at him either she gave him a multitude of directions once more the table was to be spread with a banquet anna pavlovna was left again alone suddenly her eyes brightened every energy of her soul and body were strained to look something dark appeared upon the road someone was coming but slowly deliberately ah it was a wagon coming down from the mountain anna pavlovna frowned some evil spirit sent him she said they might go round all rush up here she sank back again disappointed into her easy-chair and again with trembling expectation bent her gaze upon the forest without noticing anything around her but there was something to notice around her the scene began to change significantly the air hot with the burning sun of midday grew heavy and stifling then the sun was hidden it grew dark and the forest and the distant villages and the grass all began to assume a uniform and threatening hue anna pavlovna revived and looked up good heavens from the west was creeping like a living monster a shapeless blur of blackness with a copper glow upon its edges and as quickly swooping down upon the village and the forest stretching like two huge wings on both sides everything in nature seemed in dismay the cows hung their heads the horses lashed their tails and snorted with distended nostrils shaking their manes the dust under their hoofs did not fly up but was parted like sand under the wheels the clouds grew heavy with storm soon there was the slow roll of thunder in the distance everything was hushed as though expecting something unprecedented what had become of the birds that had been fluttering and singing so merrily in the sunshine where were the insects who had been buzzing in the grass all were hidden and voiceless and inanimate objects seemed to share the foreboding of evil the trees ceased rustling and intertwining their twigs together they drew themselves up only sometimes they bowed their tops down as though warning one another in a whisper of approaching danger the thunderclouds had overspread the horizon and formed a kind of impenetrable leaden vault overhead in the village everyone was trying to reach home in time there was an instant of universal solemn silence 
then like a forerunner from the forest came a fresh breeze blowing cool in the wayfarer's face it rustled in the leaves slammed the door of a hut as it passed and ruffling up the dust of the street sank away in the bushes after it rushed a whirling blast slowly raising a cloud of dust on the road then it burst into the village tore some rotten boards from the fence carried off a thatch roof and fluttered the petticoats of a peasant woman who was fetching water and drove the cocks and hens along the street ruffling their feathers the squall rushed by again a hush everything was uneasy and seeking shelter only a silly sheep saw nothing coming he went on indifferently chewing cud standing in the middle of the street gazing in one direction and not comprehending the general agitation and a straw from the thatch whirling along the road was doing its utmost to keep up with the rushing wind two or three great drops of rain fell and suddenly came a flash of lightning an old man got up from the boundary mound of earth and hurriedly called some little grandchildren into the hut an old woman crossing herself hastily shut a window the peals of thunder overpowering every sound of humanity rolled in triumphant sovereignty in the heavens a horse broke away from its cord in terror and dashed into the meadow a peasant tried in vain to catch it and the rain at first fell in scattered drops then pelted faster and faster and lashed more and more violently on the roofs and windows a small white hand was thrust out onto the balcony for some flowers the subjects of the tenderest solicitude at the first outbreak of the storm anna pavlovna crossed herself and left the balcony no it's clearly useless now to expect him to-day she said with a sigh he will put up somewhere to avoid the storm and perhaps for the night suddenly there was a sound of wheels only not from the forest but from the other direction someone had come into the court madame adouev's heart stood still what is that she thought could he have planned to arrive unexpectedly but no there is no road that way she did not know what to think but soon everything was explained a minute later anton ivanitch came in his hair was somewhat grizzled he himself had grown stouter his cheeks were fat from indolence and good living he wore the same surtout the same loose pantaloons i've been expecting and expecting you anton ivanitch began anna pavlovna i thought you were not coming i had begun to despair of you it's very wrong of you to think such a thing with any one else ma'am i dare say you can't decoy me to see every one but with you it's another thing i was delayed not through my own fault i have just driven here with only one horse how was that asked anna pavlovna absently as she moved towards the window because ma'am at the christening at pavel savitch's my little piebald fell lame some evil spirit induced the coachman to lay an old door from the barn over the old ditch they're poor folk you see they hadn't any new planks and on the door there was some hook or something sticking out so the horse stumbled and fell over the side and i was within an ace of having my neck broken such a shock so from that time he's gone lame they are such stingy creatures to be sure you wouldn't believe ma'am what their house is like it would be better to keep people in some almshouse and yet every winter at moscow they will waste their thousand roubles anna pavlovna listened absent-mindedly to him and gave a slight shake of the head as he concluded you know i have received a letter from sashenka anton ivanitch she interposed he writes he will be here about the twentieth so i am hardly knowing what i am doing for joy i have heard of it ma'am proshka told me but i didn't understand what he was saying at first 
i imagined he had arrived already threw at me into a perspiration with joy god bless you anton ivanitch for loving us so could anyone love you more why i have dandled alexander fedoritch in my arms he is just like one of my own kin thank you anton ivanitch god reward you for it and the last two nights i hardly slept and did not let the servants sleep either the idea of his arriving and all of us asleep that would be a pretty thing yesterday and the day before i walked as far as the forest and i should have gone to-day but the burden of old age is too much for me i have been worn out by a sleepless night sit down anton ivanitch why you've got quite wet won't you like a little breakfast and something to drink dinner'll very likely be late we shall be waiting for the arrival of our dear one well then just a snack though i must own i have had some breakfast already where did you have time for that i stopped half-way at maria karpovna's i was passing that way you know and stopped more for the mare than for myself i gave her a little breathing space it's no joking matter to trot twelve miles in this heat while i was there i just had a morsel of breakfast it's as well i didn't listen to them i would not stop in spite of their trying to keep me if i had the storm would have detained me there all day well and how is maria karpovna getting on very well thank god she sent her greetings to you i thank you kindly and her daughter sophia vasilievna and her husband what news of them no news ma'am the sixth baby will soon be on its way now they expect it in a fortnight they asked me to be with them about that time but there's a poverty in their house it's painful to see one would fancy they shouldn't think of any more children but there there's no end to it you don't say so yes indeed in their rooms everything's topsy-turvy the windows are dropping out the rain comes through the roof and they haven't the means to repair things and cheesecakes and mutton is what they put before you that's all you'll get and yet how pressing they are in asking one and she tried to catch my sashenka a draggle tail like that fancy her ma'am trying to net such an eagle i can't contain my impatience to see him what a handsome fellow i declare i've a notion of my own anna pavlovna how if he's got engaged proposed to some princess or countess up there and is coming now to ask your blessing and invite you to the wedding how you talk anton ivanitch said anna pavlovna beside herself with delight i warrant you ah my dear friend god bless you there it had gone right out of my head i meant to tell you and had forgotten it i keep thinking and thinking what it was and had it on the tip of my tongue so you see i was afraid it had gone altogether but won't you have some breakfast first or shall i tell you now it's just the same to me ma'am even if you tell me during breakfast time i won't miss a morsel of it a word of it i mean well then began anna pavlovna when the breakfast had been brought in and anton ivanitch had taken his seat at the table i saw but why don't you take a little yourself said anton ivanitch oh do you suppose i can eat now i can't swallow a morsel i haven't even drunk a cup of tea for ever so long well i dreamt in my sleep that i was sitting like this and facing me agrafena was standing with the tray and i thought i said to her why is your tray empty pray said i agrafena but she did not answer but kept looking at the door my gracious i think to myself in my dream why does she keep her eyes fixed on it so i began to look i look and suddenly sashenka comes in so mournful looking and he came up to me and said quite clearly as if it were not in a dream good-bye mamma said he i am going that way and he pointed to the lake and i shall not come back again he said where are you going my dearie i asked but my heart seemed breaking he did not answer but looked so strangely and pitifully at me 
but where have you come from darling i thought i asked him again and he heaved a deep sigh and pointed again to the lake from the abyss he murmured scarcely audibly from the water spirits i shivered all over and woke up my pillow was all wet with tears and i could not come to my waking senses i sat up in bed and wept streams of tears directly i was up i had a lamp lighted before our holy mother of kazan may she who mercifully intercedes for us protect him from every trouble and sorrow it's put me in such a state of perplexity my goodness i can't make out what this ought to mean something must have happened to him do you think now a storm like this that's a good thing ma'am weeping in one's sleep it's a good omen said anton breaking an egg onto his plate he will be here to-morrow without fail i was thinking whether we couldn't go after breakfast as far as the forest to meet him we could drag ourselves up somehow but see how muddy it has become all at once no he will not be here to-day i have had a forewarning at that instant the sound of a troika bell in the distance was borne upon the wind and suddenly sank away anna pavlovna held her breath ah she said relaxing her throat with a sigh and i fancied suddenly it came again my god is it not a troika she said and rushed on to the balcony no answered anton ivanitch it's the colt grazing near with a bell on its neck i saw it on the road i scared it just now or it would have strayed into the rye why don't you have it hobbled suddenly the bell tinkled as though it were just under the balcony and kept ringing louder and louder oh my goodness so it is here here he comes it is he he cried anna pavlovna oh oh run anton ivanitch where are the servants where is agrafena no one just as if he were arriving at a strange house my goodness she was quite beside herself and the bell was ringing now as if it were in the room anton ivanitch jumped up from the table it's he it's he screamed anton ivanitch there is yevsay on the box where is the image the bread and salt give them me quick what am i to carry to him to the steps how can i without bread and salt it's such a bad omen what want of arrangement among you no one thought of it but why are you standing still yourself anna pavlovna why don't you go to meet him make haste i cannot she answered with difficulty my knees are too weak and with these words she sank into a chair anton ivanitch snatched from the table a hunch of bread laid it on a plate laid a salt cellar by it and was rushing to the door nothing ready he muttered angrily but he was met in the doorway by three men and two maid-servants rushing in he is coming he is coming he is here they shrieked pale and scared as though brigands had just arrived immediately behind them appeared alexander himself sashenka my dearest one cried anna pavlovna and suddenly she stopped and looked in bewilderment at alexander but where is sashenka she asked why this is me mamma he said kissing her hand you she took a long look at him you really you my darling she said folding him to her then suddenly again she looked at him but what's the matter with you are you ill she asked uneasily not letting him go out of her arms i am quite well mamma quite well what has happened to you my dearie were you like this when i let you go she pressed him to her heart and began to weep bitterly she kissed him on the brow the eyes the cheeks where are your curls how silky they were she said through her tears your eyes used to sparkle like two stars your cheeks were pink and white you were just like a clear bright-skinned apple it seems as if some evil people have bewitched you through envy of your beauty and my happiness but what was your uncle thinking of i put you into his hands as a sensible man couldn't he guard my treasure my dearest the old lady was weeping and overwhelming alexander with caresses 
so tears in a dream are not a good omen thought anton ivanitch why are you lamenting over him ma'am just as if he were dead he whispered it's a pity it's a bad omen how do you do alexander fedoritch he said god has permitted me to see you again in this world alexander gave him his hand without speaking anton ivanitch went out to see whether everything had been taken out of the trap then began to summon the household to come and salute their master but all were already crowding into the hall and passages he arranged them all in order and gave each instructions how he was to make his salutations which was to kiss the master's hand which his shoulder which only the hem of his coat and what to say while doing so one lad he rejected altogether telling him you go first and wash your face and wipe your nose yevsay girt with a leather strap and all covered with dust was exchanging greetings with the servants they all surrounded him in a circle he gave them presents from petersburg to one a silver ring to another a birchwood snuff-box when he saw agrafena he stood still as though turned to stone and gazed at her mutely in stupid rapture she gave him a doubtful sidelong look but suddenly in spite of herself she was transformed she laughed with delight then cried a little but suddenly turned away while her face worked why don't you speak she said what a dummy he never even says how do you do but he could not say a word with the same stupid smile he went up to her she hardly let him embrace her an evil spirit has brought him she said angrily looking at him stealthily from time to time but immense delight was expressed in her eyes and her smile pray did the petersburg girls turn your head in the masters just look what whiskers he has grown he pulled out of his pocket a small cardboard box and gave it to her in it were some bronze earrings then he took out of a bag a parcel in which a large handkerchief was folded up she seized it and quickly without looking at them stuffed both the presents into the cupboard show us your presents agrafena ivanovna said one of the servants hey what are you looking at here what do you want to see get along why are you huddling in here she screamed at them see something more said yevsay giving her another parcel show us show us persisted several of them agrafena tore open the paper and out of it scattered a few cards of a used but still almost new pack well he's hit on something said agrafena do you suppose i have nothing to do but play what next i've got a notion i'll play with you she put away the cards too within an hour yevsay was again sitting in his old place between the table and the stove good lord what peace he said now crossing and then stretching his legs how different it is here but our existence there in petersburg is simply slavery isn't there a snack of anything agrafena ivanovna we have had nothing to eat since the last station you've not got out of your old habits then there my word how he falls upon it it seems they didn't feed you at all there alexander walked through all the rooms then through the garden stopping at every bush and every garden seat his mother accompanied him she sighed as she looked at his pale face but she did not dare to weep anton ivanitch had scared her out of that she questioned her son about his way of living but could not in any way arrive at the reason he had become thin and pale and what had become of his hair she pressed him to eat and drink but he declining everything said he was tired with the journey and would like to have some sleep anna pavlovna looked to see whether the bed was well made scolded the girl rather roughly forced her to make it again in her presence and did not go away till alexander had lain down to sleep she went away on tiptoe 
and warn the household not to dare to speak and even breathe aloud and to walk about without shoes then she gave orders that yevsay should be sent to her with him came also agrafena yevsay bowed down to the ground and kissed her hand end of chapter twelve part one recording by expatriate in bangor maine